yeah. Oh, wow. Coming in Kool-Aid Man cool. and whatever the heck else the other thing was. <laughs> but I'm into it. Uh, yes. I'm Kool-Aid. Coming in Kool-Aid still Man. haven't tried it. <laughs> Probably There's still good. time. There's still time. Yeah. We should do a taste test it. next time I'm with you. Ooh. Like when the plague's over. Do they have anything that tastes similar to uh, the lemon-lime Gatorade? That is a good question. Because I really, when I think of Kool-Aid, I just think of like the classic, whatever that red one was, strawberry or cherry or whatever it was. Yeah. Have they branched out? I don't know. Lincoln drinks one that's blue. I don't know what the hell that is. That's questionable. It's probably just bad parenting in a... No, everybody loved blue stuff. That's like the number one thing that you love when you are a kid. It's yeah, like it's like an endocrine. It disruptor. turns your. <laughs> oh my god! You think that's why? You think I somewhere deep down we like the effects of it? I think and maybe. So then, oh, that's bleak. Yeah. Episode four ninety took a dark turn real fast. Right, we haven't <laughs> even gotten off to a to. How's Sarah today? Uh, on a scale of Sarah's one to ten. Sarah's fantastic. But uh, in that, I had to. I'm like a, 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 well, let me answer that question. How am I? I'm like a, actually, I'm in a really good mood. I'm like a seven, eight, all nice. things considered. But it, what takes me to a nine is reminding myself of this hilarious um, Gatorade meme that I'm just going to read to you because it's hilarious. <laughs> it said, if you, yeah, if you ever meet someone who calls Gatorade flavors the actual name of the flavor instead of the color, they are 100% a cop. <laughs> And then somebody responded, and then somebody responds and goes, yeah, but you got to specify frost, glacier, freeze, yeah. or cool blue. Yeah. You can't just say blue because there's more than one blue. And then somebody else replies, blue and light blue. Nice try, officer. <laughs> and it's my favorite Sarah. meme. <laughs> That's funny. I just think that is so, so funny. And because it's all text, it, it, it hopefully translates over Oh, my the God. But every time I see Kool-Aid now, it's like, blue and light blue, nice try. Like, it's so true. <laughs> so you're such a nice narc and such try. a cop if you call it by Glacier Free. Nobody calls it that. Oh Get out of here. Oh, that cracks Good me times, up. Good times, great oldies. Yeah. So I could go for a wine right now. That. I mean. Wine? Yeah, I wish I was drinking right now. Oh, my God. Well, I can't wait because we're going to have our Q&A later. That's and right. And we can drink. Well, yeah, is, oh, and it's book club. We Let's get loud. <laughs> <laughs> wait, did we talk uh, about that on the air yet? About Jennifer Lopez uh, doing that? I think so. About how you were, I think you were telling me, like, because I hadn't watched it and how, like, she couldn't help herself. I think that was just a private conversation. Oh, really? Oh, oops. Look at me telling <laughs> I never know. <laughs> oh. Because, like... I mean, what was that? Why did that yeah, happen? Yeah, we did. <sighs> but God bless her. I, I mean, I, I kind of, in it, I'm into it. Yeah, and now that's like my loud. response to everything. <laughs> let's get loud. I just love it. I'm just like, let's get loud. Let's get loud. I mean, God, she's so beautiful. She's right, though. We should get loud. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. Do you I, believe that she's not have any, had ever had any Botox? I do not. I do not either. I do not believe that. And I, I don't want to believe why. women, but I... Oh, right. We're supposed to believe women. Um, there's too much at stake for her to um, admit that, I guess. But I do wish people would be honest. I always yeah. tell people there is literally nothing on my body that's attractive that I did not pay for. <laughs> that is such bullshit. It's true. It's so not true. 
No, it, are, it, it is gorgeous <laughs> in every way. Like maybe that's why sake. I really like the men who are into feet because I didn't do anything to those babies. <laughs> oh, that's all natural. Sake. But but you don't even. What you got to like manicure them and keep them up and like true, do that shit? true. But that's just grooming. That's not yeah. alteration. Oh yeah, I'm fine with it. I don't care. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> talk about this all day never get to the actual things maybe you want to talk about i don't know okay this is probably a good episode to talk about this because mm-hmm. um i as sarah knows i just interviewed annie potts who mm-hmm. is one of my comedic idols and now that i've interviewed her she's one of my just regular old idols um, maybe you know her as bo peep yeah bo peep from the toy story franchise she's also on designing women she um was in Ghostbusters. She's on Young Sheldon right now. Oh, goodness. yeah. I mean, she's got this incredible career and she's like a sleeper, you know, like, yeah, she's yes, just yes, yes. always there, reliable, mm-hmm. whatever. So anyway, I didn't actually ask her about Toy Story because we were talking about other stuff, but oh, that's fair. I just watched, did you ever on Netflix watch the Pixar documentary? Of course. Okay. When I watched did you it watch before it? it I watched it long enough ago to where as long if it's called is it a, called a Pixar story? Yeah. I watched it the year it came out. My god, that was 2006. Yes, I watched it long enough ago. I was living in San Francisco at the time oh and I was so god. obsessed that the guy I was dating at the time went to the Pixar studios stole, well stole, borrowed, took a rock <laughs> from their little rock garden because he worked in tech in, like in the the you know design yeah. like graphic design business and uh so he knew where it was and everything like that and got it in and uh <laughs> yeah and so i yeah that's that i was that obsessed <laughs> oh gee the, well okay like, then like, this is gonna be really rock. fun to talk about because i just watched it the other day and mm-hmm. I didn't realize when I started it that it was old, you know, because it just sort of came up on my screen. And I was like, oh, that'd be interesting. Yep. Wow. How's it hold up? Not good. Oh, I hate that. Sarah. I I have had a run of those lately. It might be everything. Oh, it's bad. Please tell me. Oh, my God. This is such a... A good topic. (laughs) Well, it is because you love Pixar more than anyone I know. I love well, Pixar yeah. like a normal person. And, um, and That's such a funny way to say that. And I argue with none of it. So I was just excited to see the process, how they make their animation, their story, whatever. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I got phew, an hour in without seeing anyone with a vagina. Oh, Number one. God. Yeah. That. Oof. Yes. And I didn't. There was. Not one person of color for the whole thing. Ah, that is yeah, fucked up. No, that's I know that's everything. I think it's I think we go back. Oof, yep. I mean, that's how it was. Whatever, but it was so noticeable, and I'm glad that that was true. I'm yes. glad that now at least we're aware of it, and then now we can start to undo it. So, whew. what struck me though, in addition to that uh, glaring problem is how it happened. And they were describing how, you know, these, they, Disney started a school for animators Mm -hmm. in, I don't know, Mm. 1990 or something like that, maybe the eighties. And these guys 
all went, all these white nerdy guys. Mm -hmm. And so they're just all surrounded by each other and think that that's just how it is. And then when they were about, they were done with school, they hired each other. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, who should this we hire? Oh, how about my friend Doug? Right. And so if we just hire people that we know already, they're going to look like us. They're going to have the same 100%. lived experiences that we have. And then you get the problem of the stories that those people create uh-huh. are not going to be representative either. Right. And One story. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fascinating to see, like, Toy Story and how they came up yeah. with the idea and how difficult it was for them to sort of be the first yeah. people to do computer animation and how all of that is fascinating. Mm-hmm. But you, there was also a sadness where it's just like, damn it. Yep. God. Yeah, I, uh, I went to go watch. There's this uh, documentary called, oh, God, it must be from... I think it's probably from that same era. Maybe it's from like 2001 or something like that. Old, old. And God, I can't believe that's old now. Crazy. Um, (laughs) Because it feels like yesterday. But uh, it's called The Aristocrats. And it's about, do you know this? Yeah. Yes. That does not (gasps) hold up. Why? Because there's nobody of color in there. And there's, well, except Whitney, uh, 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 Whoopi Goldberg. But for a second, and then what I hated that they did, and it was Sarah Silverman and Whoopi Goldberg, that's like it for women. And then they use them in the, like, um, the, because it was a DVD. So the title page, you know, like the, where you can, the menu. Yeah. They use their image as if to say, it's like 50-50. Look at, we have, like, it it feels (gasps) so... Like a tokenism, tokenism. Like tokenism, and it and it's Penn and Teller who it's yeah. that that and I I don't think he has a reputation for being very uh, you know. So I watched it with Ren <laughs> and I because I was like, you just have to hear this joke because it's so funny and blah 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 blah. I felt like I was like Ugh, this. Uh, 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 uh. I was oh, like, yeah, man. we can turn this off. I like well, for, comedy it is was noticeable. Worst. Like comedy, I was like, God. We were not hearing any voices and like they had Chris Rock, but it was like, it just, it was the, the ratio, the, it, oh yeah, it so was obvious. so noticeable and it was just like, mm, I don't like this anymore. I don't like this. It's really impressive anytime a woman or a person of color yeah. succeeds in comedy because you can imagine what they're up against because every club owner is God. just like those guys in that film. And oh, think about how you have to like really – yeah, there's so much. Like sacrifice. When how they do like – Just like, oh, like play to the masses instead of say, like what you really want to do. If you have a show that night, they'll be like, well, we can't have two women. We can only have one. Oh, like they so really stupid. believe that if they have more than one wi- woman on the bill that people won't pay to see it. So stupid. I hope that's changing, but that certainly then has it's been... like a woman's show, right? Right, then and then it's very like, like a woman's woman, event, yeah, Ugh. centric. Lady, yeah, I like hate that. But oh, the good thing is everything that's awful. I haven't seen this one yet, but I heard on Twitter that on the Disney Plus app, there's mm-hmm. a new documentary about a person at Pixar who a woman, I believe she's a woman of color, who. 
just started tracking the number of <gasps> lines uh-huh. that every movie had in terms of ratio of women to men. And she didn't, like, she wasn't aggressive or whatever about it. She just mm-hmm. made a note and told everybody, here's the numbers. And mm-hmm. so just the awareness that someone was yeah. tracking it started to shift things. And Yay! so now we're I seeing more and more, and they have data on it. The percentage yeah. is going up and up and up of women with lines in Pixar movies, just because this mm. one woman didn't think to herself, nothing I can do. She thought, yeah, I'll just do this small thing and maybe it'll work. And it did. Oh, so that made me happy. I love that. And just pointing out, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's recognizing what, can I do and what, can, what, what, like, what can I control and what can't mm-hmm. I control? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Okay, next topic. Um, Did you see the, I don't know whether you'd call it a documentary, but it's basically like a one-man show. It's called Mm -hmm. In and of Itself. Yeah, Somebody said... I saw something where we were tagged in that, like maybe encouraging us to see it. I posted that on our Insta story after I watched it. Oh. Maybe that's what you saw. Yeah. Yes, I did. Okay. It's on But Hulu. I didn't see it. Tell me. Okay. So I just saw a tweet that was like, you have to watch this. It's life-changing. And anytime anyone says that, then I'm intrigued. Yeah. And so it's basically this guy, Derek Del Gaudio or something. He's a magician. And oh, um, I'm in. All oh, right, you love magic, Susie. Right, I, I forgot. Love magic. Well, the thing is, I don't even know how to describe it because yes, there are magic tricks, but it really mm-hmm. is a performance, and the essence of it is about the ways that we label ourselves. So you might oh, say, hello. "I am a therapist. I am a daughter. I'm a a girlfriend. Whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. However you see yourself, and then." The, the ways that that can um, inform your identity or, and vice versa. And it is so powerful to see people being seen and the emotion that it draws out when someone feels mm. truly seen. 
It's well, very I'm going to love this. You will love it. It's oh, so powerful. Gosh. What's funny though is that I'm sure that this sort of, um, the filming of this show was invite only, you know, and so a lot of the people in the audience are famous. So Bill Gates was in the audience. Um, oh, wow. Tim Gunn. Um, oh, wow. David yeah. Blaine. People like that. And because I'm like more excited about Tim Gunn than Bill Gates. Well, I'm like, you, oh, Tim you will crack up because I, Adam goes, is that Tim Gunn? And I go, yeah, but that's Terry sitting next to him. Terry's a producer of the oh, challenge. Terry <laughs> yeah. is sitting next to him? Yeah. And I go, Get I text out. Terry and I go, Terry, we're going to have to have a long talk about it in and of itself. Yes. But that was funny. But you see all these very powerful people and seemingly regular people um, having to identify who they are. And wow. then having a magician perform these tricks that expose that or confront that. It is so Oh moving. my God, I can't wait. Wow. I have no idea what that means or what that could be. And that's why I love magic. The two tricks at the end, like the second to last one and then the, fi- the finale, I cannot get out of my head. I don't know how he did it. <gasps> I've never seen anything like it. I'm already excited. Oh my god! And I after you come watch on, come it, on, come on. Let's keep talking and wrap this up so I can go see that. I'm, you have when kidding, you do watch it, you have to tell me what you think how he did oh. them. Well, you know, I'm going to have an entire theory on thesis that. on. That. <laughs> okay, so that's or on just Hulu. be like, I have no idea. I don't know. I love that having that response. Yeah, because I, I mean wait. that can be enjoyable too. Just being like that blew my mind. The end. So I'm not going to be like that. Come on. <laughs> okay. And then one more recommendation. My friend Ryan, he has a new film out. It's also, oh. it's on Amazon Prime. It's called Assassins. Yes. And it's about the two women in North Korea, or not North Korea, um, in Asia who poisoned mm-hmm. Kim Jong-un's brother and killed him. And they say that they thought they were on a prank show and they had no idea that they were incurring harm upon someone else. Wow. And that's just the story itself is what blew my mind because think about number one, like what if that that happened to you? Like, oh, you're going on the real world, but then. Oh my God. And if you, if they set it up right, you would totally believe it. Right. And he said, one of the things that I hadn't thought about is like, how hard it was to convince them to do this sh- the movie because it's like a fool me twice type of thing. Like, what if... Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're going to be in a movie. Or are you? Or are you? Oh, my God. North Korea Ooh, is freaking fascinating. Is it not to you? Like, I spend a lot of time thinking about North Korea. <laughs> you know, I spend my time thinking about other things. <laughs> can't but say that I do, Sue. Can't say that I do, but, you know, I might throw it into the ring for a, a, a think next it's time just... I'm, you know, looking to... Increase the size of my stomach ulcer. I'm kidding. I don't know. Because just of those, the logistics but. of being a dictator seem overwhelming to me. Yeah, <laughs> convincing everybody that you and then they go along. Have with never it. taken a shit. Yeah, is probably my favorite one. Wait, is that what he claims? Yeah. No, he doesn't defecate. Get out yeah. of here. Yes, that might be my new favorite thing about this whole situation. That's my favorite. Why would you yeah. even lie about that? They there's and there's like a funny re, the explanation for why. I'm going to go real quick. Thank um, you. Oh my god. Yeah. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. What'd you find? Yeah, same. That they, they were too perfect to urinate or defecate, and who would imagine such thing amongst gods? And, uh, wow. and it's a few t- wacky tales that North Koreans are forced to believe. So. See, this is what's crazy to me is that we have a whole country of people who are basically, they're kidnapped. Like- they also believe that he could drive by the age of three. <laughs> That's a weird lie. Right. <laughs> Why bother? It's just like lies that like you invent when you were, it's like he invented yes. his lies when he was like 13. Like, oh, I, I can't too drive. I started driving when I was of. Uh, a ten. Well, You're I started driving so when I was seven. Right. Well, I started driving when I was three, and then that's how it is. <laughs> and then the it end. becomes mythology. And if you say anything, I'll kill you. Wow. Oh my God, that's bonkers. I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Sarah. You're welcome. You know. Would you be interested in hearing about the history of bubble wrap? Oh yes. Uh, once I went to a birthday party. <laughs> she most has a genius story. thing ever in the whole entire universe, and I must have been about five years old. All it was, was a, all the mom did was tape rolls oh, and yes. rolls of bubble wrap to the floor. This was Best genius. birthday ever. Yeah. Best time. It was so much fun. That's we did, a it brilliant was so, idea. It was so fun. I loved it. Like, whenever COVID's gone, that has got to be back. No, she did it inside. I mean, what? oh, uh, right, because people. Yeah. Yes. I was like, you could do this by yourself. <laughs> Thinking, <laughs> like, what's, what's the problem? <laughs> Oh, oh, right, because you probably want other people at your party. Yes, that is. What is the psychology of why we love popping it? Well, freaking A, I don't know. I would imagine it's kind of like that anticipation and relief thing. Yeah. Like a popping a zit or something like that. Yeah, right. Pimple popper. Pimple popper. At but any this rate, is way less gross. All right. Well, yeah, there were these two dudes, two scientists. They were trying to create textured wallpaper. I don't know why. <laughs> They claim well, textured wallpaper is nice. I guess I can so. imagine that. But I mean, like sometimes the ones that, like fancy that? ones that like ripples in it and stuff. They yeah, look, that's pretty and very expensive. I guess they wanted something. They claim that they wanted it for like the beatniks and sort of the hippies at the time. I don't know okay. why there must have been a demand for like unconventional S- house decorations. Or maybe when you're on high on shrooms, <laughs> it feels good to rub the walls. Come on, sis. I genuinely didn't think of that. That very much makes sense to me. <laughs> Probably because you've me? never been high on shrooms. Right? No, but that makes sense. Boy, can you imagine how fun that would be? 
You on shrooms? No. <laughs> or, or fuzzy walls? The All weird of the walls above, yes. when you're on shrooms. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Well, they wanted this textured wallpaper for whatever reason. <laughs> and so their first attempt was that they took two shower curtains, like plastic ones, mm-hmm. and um, sealed them together with a sealant. But it just sort of created mm-hmm. like air pockets, you know. So it wasn't great for what they were trying to create. But then they were like, hmm, maybe this we're onto something. And so they started like applying for patents um, for the technique on this, I forget the name that they called it. It's some weird name. Were they trying to get it like a bubble? Like, were they going for like, because when I think about putting two shower curtains together, right. you're going for something where I would imagine, like, imagine if like inflatable furniture or like, mm. or like you had inflatable, um, uh, what is that like beadboard or um what the hell is that stuff that everybody's into shiplap mm-hmm. like like that was it that what they were looking for like like puff like te- like sometimes uh, like, like i cushioned walls i get suspicious about these origin stories sometimes where i'm like you made that up afterwards like <laughs> like afterwards you thought you needed a good story ah uh, well some str- is fiction is or truth is always more strange than fiction maybe they were on shrooms <laughs> Maybe all of this could be possible. It's a crazy time back then. But anyway, they um they had written up like 400 possible uses for this stuff, including like greenhouse insulation which didn't work out. And then at the exact same time, IBM had made basically like the T the Model T of computers. Mm. So kind of like the first attempt at a publicly accessible computer and they needed a way to ship it that would keep it safe and at the time the only way to really cushion a package was with newspaper and that was not effective and also like got ink everywhere it's crazy to think about a time before (laughs) like that we had to pack stuff yeah, but like I, I know when I say it out loud, that sounds ridiculous. And you're like, mm, "Come on, Sarah!" But it's just like you said this about Saran Wrap once. Yeah, it's like there was it that, or actually that guy who thought that was crazy invention did whatever it was. But mm-hmm. it, it's crazy to think that like th- that was a problem not that long ago. Yeah, right. This was 1960. That was like. We, we've really, when when you put it like that, we've really only figured out shipping. Yeah, how are they shipping shit like TVs? in the last fifty years? Right, that's we're crazy. We're, we're and you think we have all, everything? Fi- oh come on, we so don't dumb. know damn. We, we don't know a thing about a thing. We just figured out <laughs> shipping. <laughs> and well, ketchup bottles took way too long to turn upside down and, yes. and store, you know, in that direction with the top on the bottom and the squeeze. But like that took too long. Isn't that weird so, how so many of the things you think we should have been able to solve this by now are still yeah. problems. Yeah. Even you with know, that, that weird. That just says never stop inventing. Right. Yeah. The work is never done. Work's never done. Um. Let's see. And then they became a multi-billion dollar industry. They started making like pool <laughs> covers to oh, out of yeah. like basically the same technology and shrink wrap for food as well. So there you go. Shrink wrap for, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. 
400 patents, you know? That's like, the, then throw shit against the wall, something's bound to stick. <laughs> right, it was just a numbers game. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, or it's one of those like, look, I know it's a good idea. It'll be good for something. Mm-hmm. Just take some time. Yeah. Well, good for them. Don't stop believing. How weird it w- would be, though, to be like the inventor of something like that. The uh, inventor of, there, there was a house where I lived growing up, uh, and we would drive by this house, and it was at the very top of a hill, and everybody knew what it was. It was huge and, like, definitely biggest house in town. Uh, the person who lived there was the individual who invented multicolored windshield wipers. Multicolored? And that was their claim to fame. You know, like, um, <laughs> have you ever changed windshield wipers? Yes. You know how you can pop them out? Yeah. It's like a metal arm and then you pop them out. Right. Well, imagine if the the plastic part and the blade, maybe the, I don't know if the blade was black, but a mm-hmm. little rubber thing, but the 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 arm was like neon green or pink, neon pink. They were all like neon colors. So it was like a big rage, I rage, like the, <laughs> all the rage in the 80s, I guess, right. or 90s. Yes. And uh and I just remember always driving by being like, "Damn, all I got to do is invent Something, that's something, a different color than the regular thing, and I could have a house like that. This I is mean, like this your home. probably did more than this, but this is like the nobody better lay a finger on my butterfinger story. Yes, I was just what well, I was just gr- I was really growing that this was a precursor to me being pissed off at white privilege. <laughs> Why? Because I was like, felt what? wrong. Yeah, yes, I'm like, this seems this seems this seems not that's it. This is some bullshit. Answer me this though. Was the colored windshield wiper just aesthetic or did it have some sort of practical just purpose? Just aesthetic. What? Yeah, just like a thing to do. It, it would be like they invented the eyelashes on the those, you know, those eyelashes oh my people God. put on their cars? Yes. Yeah, it's like that. And Can you, you made imagine enough buying off of that. those? No. Like, I mean, I get it if you're whimsical. <laughs> And I knew somebody who did eyelash extensions as her job. And yeah. then it was like on the side of the All car right. well, advertising for it. So like that, I'm like down for. Yeah, but I but can't imagine being like, everybody. you know what my car needs? Lashes. Unless you drive a Beetle. That is the main um, demographic for those. Yeah, exactly. But do you think that that's because they look good on the Beetle? Or because the per- type of person that buys a Beetle would also love... That kind of whimsy. A little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with, I like both. <laughs> yeah. I'm God, like I'm so blessed to be able to do this for a living. Okay. Moving on. Um, Let me see. One thing I thought was interesting, I read this article um, about a book that's coming out called This is the Voice, mm-hmm. and it's about your voice and how it works oh. and whatever. And I never thought about this, but they were describing sort of the science of what makes your voice yours and how every person has something. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's prosody or prosody, which they say it's like the melody of our speech, sort of just the way we, Uh like you were talking before we started about your mom and how. She has a particular cadence and like I noticed that with you, how you sound like her. It must be similar patterns. Yep. And then there's another thing called an emotional prosody, 
which is the way that we cue the listener that we're happy, sad, sarcastic, uh-huh. whatever. And we don't even know we're doing it. Okay. That we were talking about this before too. We, we <laughs> I, I believe that. Picking up emotion in oh. other people's voice. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's something that you could be more tuned right. into. I think so. Wow. Because they were saying how that's why it's hard to get a computer to sound like a human because <gasps> there's this thing that's hard to define and put into an algorithm. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Isn't that cool? Yeah, because it pieces together those things that like... That's not based on your physiology. Right. Like it's the way based, they shaped your vocal cords. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's based, it's not mechanical or like, like it mm-hmm. can't be regretted. It's, it has to do with who you are, like your lived experiences, your conscience, your, it, it ties into like, your culture. Yes. All that stuff. Wow. Makes you you. You know, we were sad about the snowflakes that like aren't identical, uh-huh. but it feels like that too with voices that what makes one voice silky smooth and one is gritty. You know, I was listening to Joe Cocker's version of um, Get By With A Little Help From My Friends or whatever, the mm, Beatles song. Yeah. yeah and how gritty it that sound is of his voice. And then you compare it with someone like Barbara Streisand or like, you know, someone that has more of a smooth voice and you think, how is that possible? We're all the same species. Yeah. But everybody's different. Yeah. So some of it is biological and some isn't. You know, because I think about like birds Mm -hmm. and think about like, I'm sure as a mom, you know that you could be in a room with a bunch of like pre-COVID, and we're like, say you're at a mall, and you just hear Lincoln scream, "Mom!" Mm-hmm. You know that's him, right? You, it is biological. We have to have variations in those tones to be able to. Well, and babies even do it with their cries. Like, oh yeah, you'll know, like, oh, that's a oh, hungry cry. In that's two a hurt cry. Yeah, fake cry. <laughs> right. I, uh, I'm like, oh, uh-huh, okay. Right, not baby, baby, but when they know that they can, you know, and that's like the emotional prosody or whatever that word is. Yeah. So that was cool. I love that. Yeah, it's like stuff that you don't really think about, but Mm -hmm. as soon as we talk about it, you're like, yeah, I get it. Yes, and it's the stuff that we don't really think about that we kind of almost take for granted, or it plays like we're we're just like, yeah, we accept it for what is, but we have to look at that. That's there's a lot of information. Yeah, what's cooking in there? Yeah. Oh, I love stuff like this. Okay. Next up, this is just a little something. I was reading about the rise and fall of lesbian bars. Oh, R.I.P. Lexington. Is that in L.A.? I saw a picture of that. No, it's in the San Francisco. Oh, what the hell happened? Just COVID? It closed. It No, way before that. It oh. was like the last lesbian bar in San Francisco that was like... Fuck? Le- unless they reopened one that afterwards but it just wasn't uh -uh. it just wasn't well you you read the article it it, it didn't have but i want to know like what why you think lesbian bars don't thrive in the same way that gay bars do or normal because non-gay bars lesbian oh gosh at least 
for me, it was like the bar scene. It wasn't something that, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's interesting. The friends that I went to Lexington with were uh, trans Uh men. Mm -hmm. And friends of mine that I like really identified with as like a he pronoun. Yep. And it was more of, and it felt like when I was dating women that we wanted to like not be at the bars and like, like it was like art night at my, you know, our friend's house in Oakland. Like we like painted and like, you know, did like, (laughs) yeah, I'm not even kidding. It's adorable. So civilized. It's like that. Come on. We like, we're like doing, and then what's like games where you would like start a story and then one person takes over and that like for real, like, like just community stuff, connection, goddess energy, goddess energy. I'm sure this is, this was just my experience. I'm sure there's a wide range, but I don't want to, uh, you know, like stereotype here, but that's definitely, it just wasn't the scene for, there was a very, um, like short period of my life where, and it was really when I like didn't know how to connect to like other women. Yeah. That I was like, oh yeah, let's go to the lesbian bar because it felt mm-hmm. like that's what people do. Well, and then once I was like, oh no, I know myself. And I was like, no, let's not go here. Part of it, they said, can be explained because there isn't as much of a need for that sort of, um, I don't know, built community. Like mm-hmm. you can congregate online or at other things without as much risk or shame now. But that doesn't speak to why gay bars are, are doing okay, but lesbian bars are struggling. And one thing oh, they said- You guys love to dance. <laughs> That's true. But one Those thing I queens never, love dancing. One thing I never thought of though, was that that because of the inequalities in our system, that lesbians, trans mm. people, um, and there was another group that they mentioned- they don't make as much money as men, so they don't have as uh-huh. much extra money to spend at bars. Absolutely. I mean, for real. It's a, uh, that's what it was. Women, trans, and non binary folks tend to have less leisure dollars due to pay inequity and discrimination. Uh, Holy heck. I never thought heck. about that in terms absolutely. of the effects in culture. And, it, and that changes. And maybe that's why one group has a reputation of being uh, more like, yeah, like like on the party scene because there mm-hmm. is that or like more extracurricular mm-hmm. because there's free time to, and like have leisure activities because there's free time to do that. There's more more money, more wow, loot. and more money. So that was like, huh. whoa! I never thought about it. I just love when I read stuff like that. Well, and it's the intersectionality. That's that's mm-hmm. that's where that is. You have the uh, being a woman, yep, and being queer, uh, queer or trans, yeah, right, yes. So that's or true for non-heterosexual that. or non-cisgendered. Or apparently, there's documentarians making a film called, I think it's called the Lesbian Bar Project, and they're mm. trying to reignite these spaces yeah. because they are important. Yes, that was a very important space. It was where, and you know what it was? Every, it felt like what I spent a lot of time going there for were fundraisers where the bar was setting up a 
uh, a fund for somebody to get top surgery or for right. somebody to get the hormones they needed. It was like that. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. So do you think it's time for me to invite the inimitable Annie Potts on the show? <gasps> oh, just take deep breaths. Okay. The interview's already done. Don't worry. Here's you what I fantastic. love. I wanted Do you to- get nervous just thinking about it? No, but I was very nervous beforehand. Like butterflies-y? Oh, yeah. I told Sarah. Yeah, that's I what mean, I meant. Yeah. I was all day like, oh, my gosh. Breathing into a paper bag, hyperventilating. Oh. Because when I admire someone, yes. I can't pretend like, oh, no big deal. I can't play it cool. Well, Suze, you, what, you, what people love is that you see them. And as I'm sure you see her. Well, I know you see her. And <laughs> you won't shut up about her. I mean, shut yeah. <laughs> yes, it's re- lovely. And I can't wait You're like, for I you get to it. just shower her with all of that praise and love. I just really like to celebrate people who yes. use their platform for good and who want to make the world better. And that's what made me reach out to her. She has a charity called All Are One, and you can find it at all and then the letter R O N E, excuse me, dot O N E. And she's giving cash to people in need, people that are unbanked, often they're food insecure, house insecure, and like she's just doing it. Cold hard cash, doing the Lord's work. And so then I was thinking about how, you know, here's her like changing the world and the rest of us are binging like her shows on (laughs) on, uh, line, but how comforting and helpful those shows can be to people and inspiring and how cool it is when they hold up. Like they were doing episodes about AIDS and bigotry and Mm. feminism and all this stuff that's so important. And now when you watch it, you're like, yep, we yes. still need to do that work. Like, it's not over. Yes. Mm, I love so that. she's obviously got an incredible career. She was in Ghostbusters. She was on Designing Women. She is now on Young Sheldon. And she just, she's doing the most. And I love it. And uh, so I just want to celebrate her. And if you're interested in supporting her um, philanthropy, all are dot one check it out see if you think you could give your stimulus to someone in need um Mm. it's a beautiful thing that she's doing so welcome annie to the show annie potts thank you so much for coming on brain candy podcast i'm so honored oh thank you thank you for having me i've watched a lot of interviews with you and people always gush over you and i just thought well that's going to be what happens here today (laughs) again does it ever get old are you like oh not this again uh, no, no, I, uh, it's like, uh, somebody asked me once, they said, don't, don't you, you know, if people come up to you in public, isn't that just a bother? It's like, well, my feeling is that 99% of the time people just want to duck in for five seconds of your time. And mostly what they have to say is, I just wanted to tell you, I love you. Who could get tired of that? You know, I mean, if you're, if that, if that bothers you, then you're just not a nice person, I think. I, well, uh, I so mean, no, it does not, it does not get old to be gushed over, told you're loved. I consider myself pretty fortunate. Well, you're very lovable. And so count me among the many people who feel 
that same sense towards you. And actually that inspired why I wanted to talk to you because I've been following you on Instagram and been very moved by the work that you do to help people in particular during pandemic when everyone's feeling quite uh, hopeless and full of despair. I love what you've created with your friends and your husband with all R1. I wanted to hear about it from your point of view. Well, um, I had, I, I've been doing a lot of, uh, work with a, 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 a food rescue, uh, group for many years because my closest friend was the, uh, executive director of that. And, uh, and the idea of that is just taking where there's abundance, you know, like from grocery stores and they, the sell by date now, like in France, they have a rule about this, but this organization has been around for about eight years and they've been very successful at it. And, um, I've been kind of, uh, tied to them. They have their ear to the ground about what's the next thing to do in terms of help. And so they came to me and, and my friends and, and said, you know, what really needs to happen right now is this direct giving. And there are a lot of people who aren't be, uh, you know, able to uh, get like stimulus checks. So if you got a stimulus check and you don't need it, you were surprised to get it or whatever, um, then maybe you could, you know, give it to somebody else. Or if you just have extra that you, you know, um, and uh, so we started doing that, and uh, my friends and I, and so far we've given away about $90,000, and we have uh, people who we've connected with, school principals and pastors who are able to identify people who are um, really in need, and the most, I mean, they're about to, you know, there's so many people right now, it's just who are just, you know, hanging by a thread. Mm -hmm. So um, we're trying to help those people who are hanging by a thread. I was so impressed too with how, you know, you reach out to people who are often unbanked um, and they're vulnerable in that way. And you address that. Well, because, I mean, people are like, why don't you just give them a check? Or it's like, because for whatever reason, that's not easy for them. Sometimes they just can't even get out to do any of that. Exactly. Um, so that solves that problem. All, I mean, it, it also means that it, we're not a 501C, which means, you know, it's not a tax break to give it away. But it, you can't, for some reason, there's all kinds of stupid loopholes. Right. You, if, unless, if, if you're a 501C, then you can't give cash. I didn't know that. Yes, it's weird. So, huh. um, so we, so people go. I mean, a lot of people said, "Well, I would, but I can't really give to something unless I get a tax break." It's like, okay, re- I, I mean, <laughs> okay. Uh, but to me, the flip side of that is what you pointed out, which is that then all the money goes to the people in need. Right. That's all, ideal. all of it. There's yeah. yes, it's all of it. Um, How does it so, make you feel? I mean, it makes me, it, well, it's a wonderful thing to give. Um, 
you know, I've, uh, and for those of us who, I mean, I've had a, I've had a very fortunate life. And, uh, I mean, I was, I was born to loving parents and I grew up in a beautiful place and I've been supported and I've had a wonderful career. People wave to me across the street and come (laughs) to tell me they love me. I mean, it's really, it, it's, it's like, I don't even know how I got so lucky. So I think when you feel a sense of that, then, then, I mean, isn't, I, I mean, wouldn't all of any part of that, all of it make you go, how could I possibly give a little bit back of what I have gotten in such abundance? So it's, it's giving from that sense of abundance, whether you, whether your abundance is small or, or big, it's just, there are other people who are in so much more need. And uh, of course, uh, the pandemic has made that so obvious to to all, and I think it's it's a little way that even though we live in a big city, we do anyway. That um, you can you can shrink the size of where you are and act like a small town. I know in the little town that I grew up in in Kentucky, if um, if there was a, a someone who was critically ill or, you know, a house burned down or somebody who was just down on their luck, the community, the churches, the school would do some kind of drive. You know, it'd be like we're collecting clothes for our, our family who um, whose house burned down or whatever. So there was always that feeling of like, oh, there, there was a social safety net that was taken care of within a community um, that was, I mean, it was the, uh, the advantages of coming from a small town like that. But I think that we have to take those small town ideas and, um, and, and apply them in a larger sense. And there, I mean, nobody asked for, uh, to be singled out and given an award for, you know, uh, finding some clothes for people who'd lost everything. So um, I think that we more and more, the pandemic is showing us that we have to, we have to organize our, our small town uh, minds for Hmm. this new dynamic. Um, So it's like, if you've got more than you need, don't you want to share it? Yeah, I think it's such a beautiful concept, and I, I'm going to talk to our listeners about it and encourage them to go to the website and see for themselves. I think it's a beautiful idea, and I just thank you for doing it. Because, like, you. while you're, you've made something beautiful out of a really terrible situation in the world, and I include the last four years in that <laughs> category, not just the pandemic. Um, but for the rest of us, we're binge watching the content that you create (laughs) otherwise. Right. And I was wondering if you've noticed over the pandemic or the last few years, how people are using designing women and, and your work to comfort themselves. (laughs) Um, I, well, I love hearing that. Um, I, uh, I'm very proud of that show, you know, it's a wonderful show and, 
I, we were so far ahead of our time, I think, you know, in terms of, you know, working uh, mothers and women and women who spoke their minds and, uh, you know, kind of to hell with the hindmost in the South. <laughs> so um, uh, I'm, I feel great about that. And also uh, another show that I did called Any Day Now, in which is about the relationship between two women, one black, one white, and uh, in the South. And uh, that show has recently gone into um, uh, syndication and is showing again. And that, I mean, again, our writers were so far ahead of our time. Everybody's going around go, oh, Black Lives Matter, and we should be able to talk about this. It's like, we did this 20 <laughs> years ago. And it's, it's all there. Um, so I would encourage people to... <laughs> look up that um it's called any day now me and the magnificent actress lorraine toussaint and oh we just had such a great time doing that and that that show was used for uh, at lots of colleges and things to both to do both women's studies and um race studies which um i was pretty happy about i mean right how that I must mean, feel. Come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that's the advantage of being ahead of your time is that then it stands up over time and it still resonates and inspires people and has an impact. And I, well, part of me gets sad because I wish those issues that were covered on those shows weren't still a problem, whether it's, you know, bigotry or whatever. Right. But they are. And so we're continuing to be inspired by it. And at the time, were you thinking, wow, this is really special, or it was just another day at the office? Or both? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I no, I don't ever think I thought that it was just another day at the office. Um, uh, I love my work. I um, I just, I love it. I, I Every day on set for me is like, the happiest day of my life, really. Um, it, I, I find it's, you know, it, I always learn something. I always, I, I meet people that I admire and love and connect with. And uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a wonderful, I, you know, I have a wonderful life. I mean, you're blessed, but you keep blessing all the rest of us. So we're just glad about it. But whenever you see things that happen now, let's say the Supreme Court confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh, for example, um, that can be triggering for some people. And then you flash back to the Anita Hill content <laughs> on Deciding <laughs> Women. It's so similar. Do you feel so that? So similar. Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, there wasn't another show on last year when Kavanaugh's thing came up. I mean, we had a bully pulpit there and, and we used it. Uh, but I mean, aside maybe from Saturday Night Live, um, nobody was doing that. Um, that I know of. Maybe somebody was, but, um, but we, yes, we took, uh, you know, uh, current events. And uh, turn them into instant, uh, remarkable TV. 
That takes a lot of courage, though. Did you feel that? Did you worry this could have an impact on my uh, ability to get jobs? <laughs> no. no. Um, I mean, that's one of those things. It's like, okay, I'll go down with that ship. <laughs> if I need to, I'll go down with that. Um, I mean, I was, I was politically, uh, you know, aligned with our uh, creator, too, who, um, you know, is liberal. Um, and she did not mind... I think yeah, I think the people in the little town in Missouri where she grew up, I think maybe they don't even speak to her anymore. <laughs> but, you know. Right. She's been excommunicated from that community. Well, I think, you know, it's like now. I do believe that um, uh, the people who are on the side of the aisle who's going to say, that it was absolutely okay for that president to do what he did, whipping people up, sending them literally to battle, to assassinate people in the Senate and the Congress. If they're going to say, oh, well, that was nothing, then I'm sorry, they're going to be in the history books. And are they willing to go down with that ship? Right. Listen, I study evangelicals specifically. You can imagine how much therapy I need. Oh, it's wow. been a tough time, Annie. I, I don't. I've explained that to me. I, I don't. I don't. I don't understand how that aligns with anything that God has in mind for humanity. It doesn't make it's it's incongruent for sure, but not to them, you know. And so I just try to make sense of it, but it's real hard. What's the what's the tent pole that they stake their whole thing to that that makes that behavior okay? Well, they've been fed a language of martyrdom and victimhood for the entire I don't know the last forty years, and now we're mm. seeing what happens when you really buy into that belief that you're being oppressed when the truth is. You're the oppressor. And also, they really believe in this hierarchy of, of white supremacy and other sort of rankings of people, and they're really invested in maintaining that. You know, when equality feels like oppression to them. I know. <laughs> I know it's stunning. This is why Which I drink, is- Annie. <laughs> Telling you. It's why I'm trying to stop. Well, uh, <laughs> but that's why I think what you do is so beautiful because it can be very painful to really dig into all this stuff, but you try to make the world better. Well, um, you know, I I have I, I have a little I have a little pulpit. Um it gets me indoors, it gets uh people will hear my voice and I feel like if 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 I've got that, it better be a kind and supportive voice. Um, it's like I uh, there's a there's a wonderful here in Los Angeles. There's a human interest writer who's wonderful with the L.A. Times. Maybe you know about his name is Steve Lopez, and he did a 
uh, oh, two years ago now, I guess he did a big, this is before pandemic. He, uh, he did a series of articles about homelessness in LA, which is just unbelievable now, uh, even more so in the two years since he wrote this, but he, um, he did several, you know, profiles of people and situations. And he, he, he talked about this one school that it wasn't very far from me, you know? Um, and, uh, uh, and their wonderful principal, um, Anthony Rosso. And uh, he has really made something wonderful of the, that school. 40% of the kids were homeless. 40 Wow. Percent homeless, 80% living below the poverty line. And he had turned the school into, it had a whole, um, they're called STEAM, science, technology, art. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. All of that. I mean, it was wonderful what he did. And I, I went over, you know, I, I went over to talk to him. I wanted to see the children. So nice. I wanted, so I, um, I was just astonished at what I saw and I I got in the classrooms and I went and I read to the children and, you know, got to know a couple of the teachers and, and I was just, they were, they were the most amazing children I mean, they were all, well, first of all, they were all so beautiful, squeaky clean. They, if, if they were, if they were poor, if they were homeless, they did not bear that Hmm. at all. And uh, anyway, uh, I just got in touch with him. He's now had a wonderful promotion I'm so happy about. But I asked him, I, I told him that my friends and I at, uh, um, at All or One would like to come to him for him to identify 25 families that we could give cash to. And uh, he was like, yeah, of course, let me, let, let, of course, we can do that. So it's just, I think we all have that instinct in us. It's like, if you see something that doesn't feel right to you, that is anywhere within your power to change a little bit, wouldn't we do it? Mm. Um, I, for one, I was, I was raised in a very particular time in the South. I, in the fifties, we lived on a farm. We had a family that lived in the, in the tenant house behind us. They were a black family and, uh, they had a lot of children. They were my best friends and the mother in that family raised me. And, uh, to, that was such a loving relationship. I mean, from the, she was with our family from the time I was three until, I mean, she, she died, I guess, about five years ago. She was almost 100. And I maintained that relationship with her. But because from the time I was rocked in a rocker, the face that I looked Mm. up and saw, the loving face of a brown woman, with her tenderness, I, I, could, I could never, ever feel any way about people of color except overwhelming love and appreciation. 
And I wonder how, especially because the black and brown peoples in this country do those menial jobs. They're the one, they're the janitors in the hospitals. They are. And how that's could, who cleaned up the Capitol. Those pictures of yes. the black and brown people cleaning up the mess that the white people made. Yeah. I mean, that needs to be repaid. Yeah. In any way you can. First of all, it's just like, hey, get down on your knees and be grateful for that. Mm. Say a prayer for them. Give them, share with them your abundance. I mean, this this white supremacy stuff, there is no supremacy there. Mm. It's all the same. Because... We all are one. That is so good. That's a beautiful name. Did you kick around other names? Uh, You know, I don't, I can't even remember how, (laughs) uh, uh, but I mean, it's, we all, uh, it needs to be everybody's mantra. We all are one. If one of us is hungry, we're all hungry. If one of us is sick, I mean, has the pandemic showed us anything else? But right. that if one of us is sick, we're all sick. And, you know, until we're all well, until we've all got the vaccine, we're nobody's going to be well. Mm. I feel like I'm at church. <laughs> <laughs> this is better than church. That is so beautiful. That's why you inspire people. And I feel like that's, part of why you have had such an incredible career over such a long period of time. You have such a way of understanding the human condition and the nuances of emotion. And it just comes through, I think. So we're <laughs> thankful you. for that. We have um, one last question we ask everybody, because I've taken too much of your time. What do you keep in the trunk of your car, Annie Potts? Mm. What's in there? I keep my swimming gear because I'm always ready to swim. And if I have an hour and a half, I will, I, uh, I, I belong to a club and we're, thank God it's remained open because the pool is outdoors. And if it's, if it's above 60, I get into the trunk of my car and I get my swimsuit and my wetsuit jacket out. And um, I swim. What? What kind of like strokes are we doing here? <laughs> I just do freestyle. Wow! You know, when I was uh, when I was uh, twenty one, um, uh, I was in a very bad car accident, and drunk drivers hit me, and I broke every bone in my body below my waist, but one everything. So. I have spent um, the last almost 50 years trying to uh, (laughs) recover. And uh, so if I don't swim, my body just falls apart. So uh, I keep my swimming gear at the ready. (laughs) You're good to go. Wow. We have a theory that whatever's in your trunk can be like a picture of where you are in your life. So, huh, you are swimming every day. Good for you, Annie Potts. Well, hey, it's, uh, 
it, it's how I, it's, it's my sanity too. It's my yeah. meditation. I just put my face in the water and that's when, uh, that's when I, you do your thinking. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you too, since we binge watch you, what do you binge watch? Mm, oh, there've been so many good things to binge. Um, I, I, I binge the heck out of uh, ke- uh, the Great. The Great about oh oh it's so good oh, about Catherine the Great. Oh, I mean, talk about an amazing woman. And Elle Fanning is effing fabulous. <laughs> I mean. And a great British actor named, um, uh, his last name is Holt. Uh, anyway, uh, they're magnificent. The, the guy who wrote it wrote The Favorite, that wonderful mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, that was fabulous. And gosh, what else? Uh, that, uh, the Queen's Gambit, everybody went nuts for that. So beautiful. Um, and, uh, a uh, lot of lot of documentaries. Uh, I don't know. We've been we've been um, because of course we've been home. So um, uh, anyway, those are my two. Those are my two main ones. Those are good tips. All right, people will have to watch I, it now. Of course, I like everybody else. I've been binging the news. It's right. like I feel like Rachel Maddow's my best friend. <laughs> I just, I just have you ever met her? I, I have not. I would, I would, I would probably like pass out (laughs) with gratitude and yes, yes, her brilliance and her being on it. I just, you know, I think we're all craving the truth, and anywhere we find it, we're just so happy. Hello, I mean, we need. We need to out the big lie. Mm-hmm. I feel so, I mean, Rupert Murdoch, wherever you are, you've done a lot of damage. I mean, a news organization is supposed to tell the truth. Right. I mean, people are supposed to tell the truth. It's I, no wonder people storm the Capitol because lies, mm-hmm. it's that's a, oh, what a web we weave yeah. when first we practice to deceive that no one better days are ahead anyway they are it's the beginning you know it's it's the it's the age of aquarius that us old hippies talk yes we just moved into that you know i follow a wonderful astrologer (laughs) do you who is it i did she has a youtube channel she says she's a british woman named uh, pam gregory She's a very proper British woman. She looks like, you know, she lives in a little village and maybe has a couple of corgis that she walks. And uh, <laughs> the, the, the site is called, you don't really believe in astrology, do you? And uh, she will tell you what's going on. Um, she, I mean, it's like she's so right on that you go, oh. Oh, that's oh. fun. Anyway. I love her, and uh, in in the dark of it all, when um, I felt like, oh, what was happening? Yeah, I would just go on Pam Gregory, and she will tell you. But yes, we've entered the age of Aquarius now, so that's a relief. 
because whatever age we were in didn't seem to work out too well. It was a tough one. It was. I'm glad to be <laughs> but, moving on. Yeah, like the last hundred years have been oh, bad. But but we've turned a corner, believe it or not. It's only going to get better from here. Gosh, you're making days over here. This is great. This is great news. Yeah, right. it's, I'll take what I can it's get. It's okay. I'm, I, you know, I have, I have children too, and I know that it's they're in their twenties and thirties, and I, I know that I see how hard it's been for them. It's very and, sad. And I, I know that things are going to look up, but I've been in that place myself when you just go, this isn't, this isn't looking good at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, And that's a good thing about being old. (laughs) But it is so worth it. Go ahead. You know, it's going to be okay. Well, I hope so. I hope you're right. Because I agree with you. When I think about my son, that's when I get the most, you know, upset. It's it's worse for him than I feel for myself, of course. How old is he? He's eight. And you've had him at home? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a stolen childhood. And you just think, you got a raw deal, kid. But we have to stop thinking that way. It's not. You know what? It's going to be the making of him. Oh, it will be. You'll see. He'll have. He will have gathered special strengths from it. Mm-hmm. It will be that every everything that we think is a crisis and the worst thing that ever happened to us. I can, I can tell you that that is the thing that makes us. So don't be sad about that. It's okay. We. That's that's when the stuff. You know, your metal is 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 summoned up and it makes us so take heart. It's Aww. not it's okay. He'll be he'll be wonderful from it. And in years to come it'll be like, remember the year I spent at home with my mom? <laughs> yeah. Remember all those extra snuggles? Yes. So. All of that. So and we have it all in common and people it's like being in the theater together. You know, I, I read this someplace and I know it's true. When, when people uh, come to a, a theater and are watching all of them, you know, the same thing, whether it's a comedy that you laugh at or whether it's a drama that your heart makes your heart start to expand, that in those circumstances, when people gather in a theater, people's hearts start to beat together. Mm. So in all of this crisis, our hearts are starting to beat together. I think that. I believe that. I have to. Oh, my gosh. I love you so much. I feel like you're my <laughs> life coach now. You are my pastor. And now you're my life coach. It's such a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you for coming on Brain Candy. We're so honored, and we hope everyone Keep supporting All or One. I'm so impressed and inspired by you. Oh, thank you. You're off the hook, Annie. 
I hope you enjoyed that show. You got this far, so you must be a hardcore podcast fan. We'd love to invite you over to our podcast, Twinning at Life. We'll be gossiping about relationships. Yes, ours included. Bachelor chatter, pop culture, reality TV, and really a bunch of real life stuff. Come join us and have some fun. Just search Twinning at Life on your podcast app.